now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, B.J. Kennard and Adam Dellinger. John Edward is coming to Myrtle Beach. Is he really? That is... Nobody knew John Edward was coming to Myrtle Beach. And I literally did it on the show two days in a row, and we had a lot of fun with it. They doing no marketing whatsoever. I saw it on Facebook twice. Really? Yeah. Still doing the same thing where he just does the reads. Yeah. $150 for the VIP ticket that allows you to be in the group that he'll be reading from. Mm-hmm. $100 just to be in the place, and it's sold out, I think. Do you think there's a survey you fill out before you go in, or some sort of paperwork before you go in, that might have some information on it? I think that there's probably some information that you give when you buy that ticket. Yeah. You buy them online then there's time enough for people to research it the information like a team that's going in and facebooking you and googling you and i don't think they have they don't there's no research needed because they do those he john edward is going to do those leading statements mm-hmm. tell me this john edward is from long island okay. new, new york he still lives there okay i did all this research when i found out he was coming gotcha. wanted to be able to talk about it yeah. i don't know anything about john edward yeah. other than i remember the television show discovery a and e one of those right what was that 10 15 years ago uh, probably about that all right so all of a sudden he that whole thing ended mm-hmm. he wasn't on television anymore but he was the most world-renowned medium ever right it just ended it stopped yeah now we have a long island medium yeah now we have that kid tyler out yeah. in hollywood yeah who claims to he'll go to the kardashians house who are you again? Yeah. I, I don't watch television. Right. You're a liar. Yeah. But anyways, I don't think they need the research. I think they just lead you. They guide you. Because um, we had, uh, so I, I as, as you know, but for the for the listeners, uh, I do a sad, I, I'm on TV every day doing the news, but I get to do a fun lifestyle weekend show uh, for the same TV channel with, with some different folk. And one of them, uh, her name is Amanda. She went to a friend's house. This was like two weeks ago. And at the friend's house, that person had a friend there and that friend happened to be a medium and so amanda claims that this girl knows nothing about her at all doesn't know who amanda is or any of that no amanda is on the radio and on television as well uh doesn't know anything about her but went up to her and over the course of a conversation said um i just want you to know that your grandmother and then reference something about her grandmother and how her grandmother is feeling. And her, uh, so I was like, is your grandmother dead? Yes, the grandmother's dead. And uh, she said, and her, your grandmother thinks that her jewelry looks great on you. And she's like, oh my God, I'm wearing a necklace that is from my grandmother and I'm wearing a ring from my grandmother. Now I told her that she looks old enough to have a dead grandmother and, True. and that's pretty safe assumption. If they if, if they went up to me and said that, I'd happen to have one grandmother who's alive because she just will never die. Uh, and so that's a pretty safe bet. Both, all of my grandfathers are dead. I've had three of them. I would have uh, guessed that. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, I, then I said, I'm pretty sure she probably is telling you you've got jewelry that looks like it's old. <laughs> I could have found that on Facebook, too, about the passing away. You know, because uh, the girl that you're talking about, Amanda, young enough – Old enough to look like she may have grandparents that have passed. Yeah. Young enough, looks young enough to look like she may have posted information about that. True. Yeah, because she's not even 30 yet. Right. Uh, and then also she goes, who is Adam? Now, that could have been you, because you know her. But it turns out her brother's name is Adam. Yeah, sure enough. But I'm like, come on. How do you not know that maybe before you got there... The friend is at the house with your friend, and like, oh, Amanda's coming over. Oh, that's cool. Well, like, uh, is she is she cool? You know. And then just over the course of conversation, that person who is the medium might pull information out of the friend without even the friend realizing that she's giving information out. Ask me a common name if uh, I know somebody. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um, why is the name? Mike or Michael popping into my. I'm seeing something with that. Uncle Mike. Okay. Michael Long. Yeah. Do you have a you have a good relationship with him? Are there something up with that relationship? We have always had a strong bond because, like me, 
He is a uh, diehard gearhead. He's a car guy. Yeah, I see you guys in cars together. I can see that clearly. You have good memories of being in cars together? Uh, you know what? When I was a kid, Uncle Mike used to take me to a, a, a historical place back home, Farmington Drag Strip, an old uh, eighth of a mile drag strip, and he let me make a couple passes with him in his car at a slow speed. I used to go watch him. He had a late model Camaro that he you know, turned into a drag car, and I used to go watch him on Friday nights. I loved it. Yeah, and that's some great memories for you, isn't it? It still sticks in my head because uh, Uncle Mike would always tell me, make sure uh, that you try to guess the scent of the gasoline. Anybody that's ever been to a drag strip knows that they use scented ethanol. I, I didn't know that. You didn't know that? Know, so huh? if you go to a drag strip, some of the cars will have a grape-scented ethanol. Really? So to make it to where you don't feel like you're smelling oh, okay. uh, gas that or something. Sense, yeah, yeah so it's pretty cool. Yeah. And so he'd always be like, uh, what gas was I running tonight? I'd be like, I think it was strawberry. He'd be like, dead on. Yeah, it was cool. We had a great cool. bond. Yeah, I'm see, I, I could see that there's a bond there. Yeah. Look how, look how not hard that is. Right, and Uncle Mike is alive. Yeah. Very much alive. Yeah. Double hip replacement, but he's very much, <laughs> very much alive. But that's those are the leading questions. Yeah. Now I told you, Uncle Mike, because Uncle Mike, Michael Long, is my uncle. Yeah. Is very much a real person. Yeah. I could have named. I had a my best friend. This is honest to goodness story. My best friend in elementary school, Michael Combs, mm -hmm. passed away in a motorcycle accident probably 15, 20 years ago. We were friends from kindergarten to probably fourth grade or yeah. something. Went to his house, spent the night and stuff. You could have easily gone that direction. Sure. Yeah, yeah. and I not that I not that I don't believe that mediums aren't real. I think because first of all, I totally believe in ghosts, hundred percent. I do feel like there's probably people that have the ability to somehow have a connection to that. If if there are ghosts, like in this room that we're in right now. If there's a ghost hanging out in here, we would never know that because we don't have that connection. Maybe there is one out of a million who might have that sort of connection. Almost like the sixth sense. I believe in uh, ESP. Okay. Extra per uh, extrasensory perception. And I also believe in deja vu. Mm -hmm. Now, I've never experienced ESP, but I believe that that could be a real thing because I've experienced deja vu, which is almost like the opposite. Yeah. Right, because so science says deja vu is your brain receiving the information, interpreting the information before you do. So it's already seen and heard what you're about to see and hear because you haven't processed it yet. If which, that makes sense, which, almost like in that moment you're the flash, and we or can, your brain is the flash. We have a a, a very weak understanding. Of time, yeah. As human beings, too, yeah. Like the easy way to to you know, time is relative. Mm -hmm. We do not understand time, right? Right. Like if you don't believe that, look at space travel and how long it would take to get to Jupiter. Mm -hmm. There's light years involved. There's thousands of these light years involved, and that's how fast light travels mm -hmm. from point A to point. I mean, you can't even wrap your head around that unless yeah. you're a physicist. Yeah, I don't want to try. So that I can believe that that's how deja vu works, but I don't know. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. I will tell you two stories. Okay. One, my mother traveled when I was a small child, mm -hmm. traveled a lot, and the company that she worked for uh, would send her to Haiti about um on purpose yeah okay. maybe twice a quarter she would have to go to haiti so say she would go for uh, like a week in january and then maybe at the end of february okay and she wouldn't have to go back and then it'd be, be a little while my mom stayed in the same hotel she's pictures of it used to bring me back cool stuff mm -hmm. but she'd stay in the same hotel that uh had windows that opened out okay all right and it was a uh stone or stucco i've seen the pictures but it you know what i'm saying yeah. it had that look sure and the voodoo practitioners would practice at night and they would uh whatever that is and, okay. and they were drums and mm -hmm. it terrified my mother okay i could believe that it scared her sure because that's their religion there yeah. and if you don't understand the religion you might think they're gonna be doing sacrifices you could be one of them well if you know anything about voodoo there is some dark you know, practice mm -hmm. there. Yeah. There's some pretty serious stuff. I'm not going to go on record as saying that whatever they're doing isn't some kind of real thing with the other side. Sure. All right. So I believe that there are ghosts too. Mm -hmm. And I believe that there are people that can probably contact them. More on that in a minute. Second story I got to tell. 
we did the pod, uh, I don't know. You, you have to go back and dig through it with the Power Five. Mm-hmm. Best shows you've ever seen. Concerts. Yeah, like, yeah. Honorable mention for me was seeing Brad and Winston Salem. That's right, yeah. The Pearl Jam side project. Mm-hmm. After this concert, and I've got two witnesses. I believe I may have even told you this before. After this concert, we go in IHOP, middle Winston Salem. It's one thirty in the morning, mm-hmm. and it's the deal with the cops at the door. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. And we go in and we get seated and we're tired and we're you know, we're probably drunk. You know, we're 22 years old. Yeah. We had a driver. This dude, Bill, was driving for us. And uh, we're sitting there eating it. And I am near, like, pass-out level. I'm tired. I've been at a concert. We yeah. had some beers. You know, that sort of deal. And uh, this guy walks by me. African-American man, middle-aged, upper 50s, maybe. Mm-hmm. Walks by me. Comes back. Stops. Looks right at me in the booth and goes, Adam? And I said, yeah. And he goes, I got to tell you something. Uh, this is going to sound odd, but you can never stop playing the guitar. Don't ever put that instrument down. It's going to do something for you. And he turned around and walked off. Now, my face was white. Yeah, sure. Couldn't, couldn't see it, but it was. Yeah. Reginald, who I often talk about on yeah. the pod, my college roommate at yeah. the time, he is flipping out. Right. He just goes into nonstop curse words because yeah. he is wigged out. Yeah. So I'm like, what just happened? And so, just for the record, was that guy anywhere near you? Nowhere okay. near All right, us. Just, just checking. Nowhere okay. near us. As a matter of fact, never saw him. Yeah. Don't he, know where he came from. He just came out of the ether to tell you that and walk away. I, and listen, this is a real story. I do not play guitar for a living. It is a hobby of mine. I do a radio show, okay? Yeah. And yeah. that has never paid dividends for me, but right. it's stuck with me not forever. yet. Exactly. So uh, Reginald says, what just happened? I said, I don't know. I'm going to go catch him. Mm-hmm. I get to the parking lot, and I said, hey, man. Hey, uh, excuse me. And he turns around. He was getting in his car. He was driving a minivan. Never forget this. <laughs> of course. He had a minivan, and he had Ohio plates. I'll never forget that as long as I live. Yeah. Very recognizable plate, too, of mm-hmm. the white and the you know the red and blue at the top. And I said, hey, man, you weirded me out. Mm-hmm. And he, he says, uh, I don't remember everything verbatim, but he says, you know, sometimes I just get information, and I know that it scares people sometimes. I think that... Uh, I had a connection with you because my brother's name was Adam. He has passed away. But I needed to tell you that. How about that? And I was so, and I was like, all right, thanks, man. He was like, all right, man, have a good night. And he got in his car and he drove off. And it was like some straight up Michael Landon Highway to Heaven, dude. Yeah. Like, it was so weird. And later on, I saw him as the president. <laughs> dude, it was insane. Adam, I just wanted to tell you. Never stop playing guitar. It was just like that. Wow. Yeah. That, I, I give goosebumps just kind of thinking about that. I've moment. probably only told that story four or five times in my life. It's really cool, though. My parents know about it. Anytime I get back together uh, with Reginald, who, uh, oddly enough, lives in Brazil now, but any wow. anytime uh, him and his wife, anytime we get together, he comes back into town at Christmas in my same hometown. Yeah. Uh, he's always like, you didn't put down the guitar, did you? I mean, it always comes back up. Yeah, because let, let's let say that, that Morgan Freeman, we're just going to call him that just because. Let's say he thought that maybe you guys had just come from a gig. All right? Maybe he thought you guys were, how many were there? There are three. 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 Maybe he thought you guys had just come from playing in a show. Let's just say that. How does he know your name on top of that? Wouldn't know that. Not only did, did he know my name, uh, we were so done with the concert experience at that time, we had moved on. Yeah. We weren't talking about the show. We weren't mm-hmm. talking about music. And that's what Reginald and I had always talked about. Uh, Reginald always likes to mention that we weren't talking at all. Yeah. Because that, it was over. That's amazing. And, you know, funny enough, I would love an experience like that. Only one I've ever had. I would love it. The, the closest ghost thing that I have not even experienced but talked to someone who I believe is I grew up in, in like, Stone Mountain, Georgia, which is, you know, a lot of Civil War stuff there. And in and around that area, uh, you know, down the, the road about 30 minutes is where my cousins grew up in Jonesboro, in Statesboro, not Statesboro, Jonesboro, Georgia which is where uh, Chick-fil-A was born Oh yeah, in that area. 
And my cousin's best friend at the time, who I thought was cute and I wanted to date, I'm, I'm, a high, I'm high school age when, the, when this happens, lived in this really old, like, historic, like, smaller house. A Victorian era. Yeah, deal. because they're on, like, this sort of corner lot property uh, to where on, like, just set back a little bit is a big, like, antebellum historic home. Okay. And there's a marker at the front and a law office either owns it or does something with it just to keep it up or something. But there's people use that. And then that's the driveway next to this one. This one sits up and over. So like maybe this used to be a part of that property at one point, but, you know, maybe got sold off. And the way the house works is, you know, all hardwood floors, like the the beamed ceilings, like you feel like you're in a home that's like 100, 200 years old or whatever. As you go in, there's bookshelves everywhere, smaller kitchen. You have to go once you go into the living room. Okay. Through from a door off of that is my cousin's friend's bedroom. You have to go through that bedroom to get to the parents' bedroom. Which number one, being a parent these days, I would never buy a house like that. No way. That's but at the time that's fine because it is it was a really neat house. <laughs> Poor floor plan. Yes. So everyone in that house will attest to them coming home, cabinets open when they weren't, you know, open when they left, or books being moved, or a stack of books, because in their living room, one whole wall is like bookshelves, and it's just loaded with books. And so I kind of, okay, that's fine. But the mom tells a story of going in, and she's going to check on her daughter, and she walks in, and when you walk in the door, the room is kind of set over to your left. If you keep walking straight, there's a door in front of you, but the, to the left is where the room really is. And the bed is over to your left and situated there. She walks in. She sees a woman in white, like a white kind of Civil War era looking getup, looking with her hands kind of folded in front of her, looking down at her daughter. And so she's kind of taken back by this. She stops in her tracks as she sees this woman overlooking her daughter. <laughs> she said the woman turns from looking at her daughter, just looks at the mom for just a pause, and then looks back at the daughter and then vanishes. And that story, being in that house when I heard that story. Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, and I believe it because what do they have to win or lose by telling somebody this story? That was my point about the medium deal. Yeah. I believe that maybe some people can see or interact with whatever's on the other side, you know, the, the ghost thing. But I can't, I can't in my heart believe that somebody would use that. Uh, to make money to be a profiteer yeah. off of that skill i do think there's a difference i really do because heck if you ever watch the mentalist with uh simon or whatever that guy's name is i love that show but it really kind of shows when you play that game how you can just read someone there's a great mentalist that comes on uh james corden all the time and i can't think of his name uh, i think he's french and this guy can extract information out of someone like you would not believe. He does stuff on that show. Oh, I know you're talking about he can read the body language, too. Yes, yeah. and it's mind-blowing. He had Harry Connick Jr. on once, and uh, out of it, he goes, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we are going to do, do you know your pen number? Do you, like, for your bank account? Like, you when you put a card in the machine? He's like, I do. He goes, we're going to figure this out right here. Uh, I'm just looking at you. I'm writing this number down, and he's just looking at Harry Connick Jr., as he's kind of saying numbers or whatever, and he goes, all right, oh, nine, let's see, seven, five, five, oh, five, it's five, you know, goes through and does Harry Connick Jr.'s four-digit pen number for this. Now, could Harry have been in on it and just play along with it? Maybe, but it didn't feel that way. Harry Connick Jr. is a good actor, might not be that good of an actor, but this guy does amazing stuff, but I think it's because he's able to, one, use statistics to make the group stuff work and do body language like you mentioned to kind of get the feel of what someone is saying and the mannerisms and the facial expressions yeah, and you get that because but, same thing for hypnotism well think about this for a minute i've always considered a couple of other skills to be supernatural at least to me take 
some forms of autism, for example, mm-hmm. where people can do radical things with numbers. Mm-hmm. That's baffling to me, the way that the mind works. Yeah. And you've heard those various statistics about how much of your brain we are actually able to tap into. Yeah. And I believe it's a small percentage. Well, it used to be 10%. 10% or less is what we were, what we tap into. I don't know at this point how much of that is real or not. Maybe like we just assumed it was 10 It's like time. I don't think we really know. Yeah. Well, look, we know so little about autism, mm-hmm. right? So little about autism. And we see these staggering numbers now with research like, well, it used to be one in you know, 10,000 people were born autistic, but now it's one in a hundred. Right. How do we know that that's real mm-hmm. and that they're, that the brain just functions differently in some people like the, I hate to mention it, but the Rain Man thing. I mean, yep. that's based on real stuff. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, there, there's people uh, who uh, are autistic who are piano geniuses. Right. Math geniuses that know all the dinosaurs. Speed readers. Yeah. To me, speed reading it is almost supernatural. Yeah. And I'm talking about speed reading like not people that can be taught to speed read or they're skip I'm talking about the people that use their finger yeah and then they turn the pa- I mean that's out there man I would like to be able to do that oh jeez and cuz it kind of you know goes to the brain again there are people who have uh had a head trauma right in a coma woke up speaking another language that is crazy yeah it happens all the time so then it makes you wonder do we know everything right now but we don't know it if I, I know some Spanish because it took two years of it in high school. I know zero Russian outside of like Niet or Das Vidana. I'm like that with uh, German, Dankeschön. Yeah. But if no. I woke up speaking Russian, I would have had, I'd have to know it right now, but not know that I know it. That's, you're getting into the Doctor Strange thing, yeah. man. <laughs> but like, but is, is that how it is? Are we born with everything? And then as we learn it, we're just unlocking it from our brain. What about um, dissociative personality disorder? What? Think about that for a minute. Or there are multiple people in there. Oh, yes. That is because we, we've never mentioned this on the show, but I've never been uh, clinically uh, <laughs> diagnosed with this, but I'm pretty sure I'm a sociopath. <laughs> Not a psychopath. I don't feel like I would ever go kill anyone. Could I? Sure. What I know, unless I'm doing, you know, defense. Martial arts when you're getting yes, robbed at gunpoint. Yes. Yeah. But, like, I lack a lot of feeling and emotions on many, many, many levels. I just associate with being a sociopath. Now, do people have multiple personalities? Absolutely. Uh, I'm not anywhere. Like, I don't, I don't. Do you think that's real? Multiple personalities? I would say that it is. I, I think there's... I think there's too many things of if it sounds like a duck and it quacks like a duck and it walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. You know, where if you've got this person over here and they say they're this person or that person or this person and that. And then on the other side of the country, back in the day before you could even know of any of that stuff, there's another case of it over there and another case of it 800 miles away over here. Well, Sybil. I mean, that's a most well-documented case of... Sybil Shepard. I loved her in Moonlighting. <laughs> Sybil. Uh... The movie. Never seen it. Oh. The movie's about a real person. Which is probably why I didn't see it. Dissociative personality disorder. And there's, you know, three or four people inside of there mm-hmm. with distinct personalities, distinct voices, you know, everything. Yeah. So I think that stuff is real. It yeah. lends itself to your point. Yeah. About it's all up there. It's all in there. Yeah. Now, I think they're just, just like maybe mediums that take advantage of the system where they may not be mediums for real. That's a mentalist. The mentalist, uh, maybe there are people who use the multiple personality to their advantage, maybe in a court case or a litigation or something like that, so where you can blame something else where that may not be real. Well, see, I, I think that uh, because you're an honest person mm-hmm. and that I believe that you are a good judge of character. So the ghost story that you just told me five minutes ago, mm-hmm. I believe that yeah. because I know you. But the theory that you're throwing out leads me to believe that if you and I were standing right beside her, we may not have seen it. I, I, don't, I feel like that ghost wanted to be seen. 
I I think that goes because the mom will tell you more details about it too. They've had other instances of running into her, uh, but I think the mom described it as she thought that ghost was trying to tell her that I'm watching over her too. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah, but not not in a, like in a motherly way. She got a sense of security out of it, and and that feeling of it. Did they find any ectoplasma? They did. The woman turned <laughs> and slimed them all. Did somebody jump out and say, get her? Because you did mention stack books that, and somebody right. in a white I did. Get her, Ray. That's what you got? <laughs> yes. No, that, that did not happen. I am curious. Do you think that um, you believe in, in telekines- telekinesis? telepathy so one is uh, one is you can move objects with your mind the other one is you can read minds do you think that people can move stuff with their minds no no well the only reason is because you know the cia did extensive research on a whole division of that sort of stuff right uh all through the 50s i believe the end of world war Two, so mm-hmm. late 40s all through the 50s and then through the 60s when they started getting real far out there with LSD mm-hmm. and weird stuff they were doing. Yeah. And I believe that we would know about that by now. I kind of feel like we would, too. I would like to think that we can. You ever tried it? Heck yeah, man. Me too, a billion times. All the time. And and I and I've done it. To where, like, I'm really thinking, and I'm trying to do, like, how did the Jedi's do it, or whoever? Exactly. And I'm trying to, like, if I want a doorknob to turn, I'm even, like, I'm five feet from the doorknob, and I'm focusing, and I'm even turning my hand here, trying to envision it turning the doorknob. Nothing happens, and it never works. But so much of me just wants for it to work, just because how amazing would that be? Because if you if you're really good at it, you get to fly. You get to lift yourself off the ground. You get to do that to yourself. Chris Angel did that. He did, but you know what? It looked real. I saw David Copperfield fly. Uh, oh. uh, back in the, like, 96 or 97, he was doing a, a, a tour, and I took my, my mom for her birthday. It was my mom, my dad, my sister, and, and her uh, husband at the time, whatever, and we went to go see David Copperfield. And ev- and, and I'm, the, I'm the guy who will try to find how you're doing it. I'm the skeptic. My, For instance, last night, my wife's like, oh, I got some stuff to show you. You're going to find these super funny. It's all autocorrect stuff. And I typically don't find this stuff funny. She's like, I was crying laughing at some of these things. And I'm three into this, and I realize, oh, this one's fake. Yeah. Oh, this next one is fake. I'm that guy, too. And so she's like, you're no fun. You're not even going to finish them? Yeah. I'm like, no, they're mostly fake. So I'm Captain Wet Blanket when it comes to that. So I'm watching David Copperfield from the first trick, and I don't know how he does it. It's magic. Second trick. Oh, man, I think that's magic, too. Here comes the third, fourth, fifth. All of them, it's all magic because I can't see how it's done. And then my man flies. And there's no nothing you can see from wires or string or whatever. The puppeteers behind him. None of that stuff. My man is flying in there. So some of the stuff that maybe has led to stories of telekinesis being real or telepathy. Maybe it's because there's really good, quote-unquote, magicians or illusionists out there that, that kind of made people believe. I've seen David Blaine do stuff that, even on television, in which there are, you know, numbers of tricks you can do to make things appear what they aren't. Yeah. But David Blaine has done some card tricks that blow my mind. Yeah. Heck, Shin Lim. Yeah. Who won America's Got Talent not once but twice now this year or between last year and this year for that Grand Champions thing. That dude is a wizard. There's no way what he is doing isn't real. For for record, I know that it's magic. Like, uh, Like, not real. I know that it's not real. It's tricks. But the way he does it... It's unbelievable. Right. It is literally unbelievable that it's not Doctor Strange magic stuff. Yeah, we should be clear. BJ doesn't really believe that David Copperfield is a wizard. Yeah, no. But <laughs> Shin Lim. No, I, I know that David Copperfield is, is, is has tricks up his sleeves and all that stuff, but I'm looking for how it's done. Here's an example. You know the ghost hunter bubble? Yeah. And like, you know, there's... 12 networks on television that have a show that involves ghost hunters. Yeah. And they go to the scary place that's been haunted for 300 years, and they're going to spend the night there with re- recorders and uh, 
the Egon Spangler devices sure. that don't really do anything. Yeah, spectrometers and they've never found anything. Mm-mm. None of these people have ever found anything. No. The best they can do is the Michael Keaton white noise movie type. That's right. Get out. That's right. I mean, you know how how easy it is to manipulate audio? Yeah. Wireless microphones, that sort of deal. Mm-hmm. They never found anything. I know. None of this stuff has ever been documented on camera. It's like the Bigfoot chasers. Yeah. They, they'll cover 50,000 acres and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So it is a mind thing, maybe. Uh, yeah, I think they're there. I think it's just a matter of they choose. It's not like a ghost is going to go, you know what? Today's the day. Those ghost chasers have been out there for a long time. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and pop on out there and go, hey, what's up? There's no way you're right about that, though. Not entirely. Yeah. Because I know me. And if I'm given the opportunity to be a ghost, dude, I'm visible ghost all the time. Maybe you don't have that real choice. Maybe you maybe you only get select moments. I don't know. Well, I'm selecting them every time that it's available to <laughs> all me. All the time? How many do I have? <laughs> I've got 100 of them? All right, here we go. Uh, can, I, can I just do them sequentially? But, but what would you do with that, though? You know? I, I'm, I'm going to frighten people. So you would use your afterlife ghosting... To frighten. Dude, I try to scare people now in the hallway. Yeah. I'll duck behind a studio door or something. I'm 100% doing that. Like, what? what is the message that the ghost is delivering to the to the mother in your story? I'm watching the child, too, so yeah. feel safe? Yeah, just know that I'm watching her, too. Well, so why is the ghost not aware in that scenario that, hey, don't be alarmed. You're looking at a ghost, but don't be alarmed. I'm alarmed every if I see a ghost alarmed. Yeah, that's just true. <laughs> well, maybe because you get this I think you get the sense that it's a safe ghost, that it's that it's not doing anything that that's alarming. I mean, you know, and I think there's a difference between maybe ghost and poltergeist. You know, the ones that are the evil spirits that are trapped and they're wreaking havoc as opposed to some that may just be here because they they don't pass on to the other side and they're always going to be here. And maybe at one point they were evil, and then they figured out that it's no bueno. There is a movie that kind of taps into what you're talking about, and it's a really good movie. I know it might have aged poorly and be corny now, but Stir of Echoes. Oh, uh, Kevin Bacon. With Kevin Bacon. And he is hypnotized. You remember that? By like, uh, they're having some sort of weird hypnotism thing. And uh, I don't remember why he got hypnotized, but after he was hypnotized, he could see things from the other side mm-hmm. and he would get these weird visions do you believe in that because we just we talked about hypnotism before we started recording yeah so our, our so that would i would say yes if it goes into us tapping into another section of brain right like we just mentioned a moment ago now our thoughts on hypnotism are i've been quote unquote hypnotized one time in my life me too you're once in your life as well we both had the same experience which was we were not hypnotized it was not real i felt like i was in an improv class yeah and so and and just just through talking it turns out we both the two different hypnotists yep two separated by a couple of years even pretty much the hypnotists give you the same spiel even though they're two different people talking to two different people. Well, they've been taught. And, the, and and that's the thing, is you feel compelled. And I don't want to take away from anyone who maybe completely went under and they were hypnotized. I was about to say believe they were hypnotized, but I'm not, I don't want to take away from that because maybe some people are super susceptible to it and maybe other people are not. Clearly, we were not. But the, the words that they use are... You know, hey, you know, like the more fun you have, the more fun everyone has. Right. And, um, you know, if you can get really into it, what's happening? They never really use the word hypnotism. Yeah. But if you can really get into the experience here and what's happening, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. A, a whole lot of fun. And so for me, as they're putting me under, and this was in an office situation because it was going to be for a radio, sh- a radio, radio morning show bit. So it wasn't up on stage or any of that stuff. Yours was on stage, which we'll get to in a second. And so I, we go to my office, and we sit down. And he's doing his thing. Halfway into this, I'm like, 
I'm like, this is not working. Like, uh, am I starting to feel relaxed? Sure. But if, if no one was in this office and I got to close my eyes at my desk for five minutes, I would also feel relaxed. And at some point you just figure out, okay, what he's telling me here is I just need to play ball. Right. And so here in a minute, we're going to go into do this, this radio bit live on the air and I just need to play ball. It'll be fine. So for five minutes, I go in, they ask you ahead of time, you know, can you do certain impressions or any of this stuff? So that way the, the hypnotist can go, all right, Kennard, uh, you know, or are we talking to Jerry Seinfeld? And uh. then it's... And it, and he snaps his finger like, hey, what's the deal with hypnotism? What's going on? <laughs> and you exaggerate all this. And then the next thing you know, it's something else. And then at the end of the five minutes, it's like, all right, when I say wake, you will feel refreshed. And everything that just happened, you will know some of it, but you will not feel embarrassed or any of that. One, two, three, wake. And you wake up, you're going, oh, what's up, guys? So I, I, I feel like this hypnotism is just not going to work. We have a great deal of cynicism. Oh, absolutely. Between us, there's enough to go around for everybody. <laughs> sure. So that may be part of it, too. Yeah. I don't feel like... Like, I feel like being a cynic is built into everybody. But mm-hmm. the older I've gotten, I've realized that that's pretty unique to me and people like you. Yeah, because I see my my wife and kids have so much more fun in life than I do. My wife and daughter are the same way. Yeah, and so they'll enjoy more things. And just like my wife with those, you know, she waited all day, and, and this is me being Captain Wet Blanket, and I feel bad, uh, waited all day to show me these. She had saved these, you know, autocorrect errors and all that stuff that she's like, oh, even, you know, BJ never laughs at this stuff. He's going to laugh at these. And I didn't laugh at one of them. And so I should probably learn to play ball a little bit when it comes to that. But I, I immediately looked at him like, oh, well, this is fake. You can clearly see by the third time it didn't work and that they sent it that this is fake. Right. And so it's funny if you dispel the or I guess if you don't dispel the illusion that it is that way. Uh, but I am I am cynical of everything. My hypnotism experience was on stage and mm-hmm. it was a, a theater here in, in town and uh the theater was at capacity, which mm-hmm. is like, there's 50, 60 people. There's a small theater. Yeah. The first thing that I was asked to do was to grab my musical instrument because I'm in a band mm-hmm. and I'm getting ready to perform. Now, I want to let you know that I'm completely cognizant of yeah. everything happening around me. <laughs> so there are a couple of other people that are under as well, yeah. maybe four or five. And there's one guy and he's got drumsticks. Drum so you know what I did? And, and then there's another lady, and she's air guitar. So you the tambour, and, uh, not the tambourine, the triangle? I walked to the back of the stage, and the first thing I did was configure my amplifier. <laughs> and then you. I picked my amp up out of, a, a, out of a, a case stand. Your guitar? Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah, I picked up my guitar out of a case stand. I put the strap around my neck. I plugged in the wireless. Mm-hmm. And then I pulled my pedal board out and brought it up to the front of the stage. <laughs> the first thing that I did was tune. <laughs> I went through the entire yeah. process. Yeah. Like, this is how I do it in real life. Yeah, you're in it to win it. And then when we got to the impersonation, oh, and they, they ate that up. Mm-hmm. That was a big deal. But I wasn't doing anything that, like, I mean, he asked me to grab an instrument. That's, That's how the you one, were doing it. That's the one that I know how to At do. At first, I thought it was going to be sexual. Oh, no. I need you to grab your instrument. Like, oh, what kind of show were you at? <laughs> well, it, it can go that way. Sure. And they, they kind of encourage you to ham it up. Yeah. And then these real uh, vague terminology that they use mm-hmm. he asked me to do a couple of impressions too and you know what he asked me he asked me to do uh elvis because you know who can do that everyone. everybody yeah you know and i think maybe i did an arnold later on because everyone can do some sort of an arnold right everyone can go get to the job <laughs> right and the whole show would have fell apart if he would have said all right at the snap of my fingers you are going to be world famous children's author Ruol Dahl at the snap of my <laughs> fingers and who wrote james and the giant peach and yeah. uh and he wrote wonka sure you know i don't know how that dude acts yeah. i can't do a Ruol Dahl impression yeah. like that's not something that anybody's picking the most generic things that right. everyone, uh, christopher walken i bet they do on most of those snap of my finger you're harry truman like <laughs> i don't <laughs> war is bad right like how do you do that yeah. they can't do it mm-hmm. they just can't do it not only can they not do it i've never seen anybody that could once again uh hypnotism I have heard, never seen a documented case, 
People use it to quit smoking. Mm -hmm. People use it to get weight out loss. of weight loss, other terrible habits. I don't doubt that that's real. I think I have a level of cynicism, again, that, that completely stops mm -hmm. before it begins. And I think there are things that they do to access certain things. Like when I'm watching different strokes when I'm younger and there is a kidnapping and Arnold and Sam are kidnapped and Arnold is able to escape. Now, this is very real. Arnold gets back to Mr. Drummond and Sam is still with those kidnappers. Arnold, do you remember anything about where you were? I don't. I escaped down the fire escape and I just ran and I ran and I ran. Well, do you mind if we hypnotize you so you can remember some of these details? And they do. And they put him under. And he remembers, I believe, the license plate number or maybe where the brownstone is, where they're the apartment where they kept him or it's like some numbers on the wall. That's very good, Arnold. Very good. And so that was one of my first introductions of hypnotism. I think to a certain degree, people who are trained like that, psychologists and, and doctors who are trained in that, I think you can, that's not necessarily hypnotizing the person. I think it's getting them to a state to where their brain can process the things that they saw that they didn't know that they really saw. Like speed readers that we mentioned a little while you're, ago. You're going back to the same thing. It's, it's your brain. You can't access that freely. They, they help you do that. And there's some things with this like light therapy as well where they've got these the way strobe lights can, yeah, 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 can hit yeah, your yeah. eyes or the way a light can go back and forth can help your brain start to process those things. I think that stuff is real. Them implanting you're going to cluck like a chicken. That stuff, I am I think, is sideshow. Things. Well, are we still doomed because we're such cynics that if we were in a real-life Arnold scenario, different stroke scenario, yeah. and they tried to hypnotize us for additional information, it wouldn't work? I, well, I think for that we would because I, I think you would relax enough and you, we would listen enough to what they're saying, and they know the right things to say to make those to, to get you to start to see those. I've watched enough uh, Criminal Minds where they'll have you just close your eyes. I want you to breathe deep. I want you to think about that moment. I want you to try to look around. I want you to try to visualize that moment. I think even being cynics, we're like, oh, well, I'm here for this. Let me start to visualize what they're talking about. Let me try to do. I tried to do what that hypnotist told me I to do. I wanted it to work. Yes. So bad. And it just didn't. No. And so I think even in this situation, we would want that to happen. And, and so maybe we start to see things like, can you, can like, oh, like going to the drag strip that you mentioned. Can you s tell me the smells of that drag strip? Well, the olfactory senses, the way they work, I can still smell that grape ethanol. Yeah. Like to this day. I, I honestly can't. That's why I mentioned it in the parody that we yeah. were doing. In which I've, now I want to go to a drag strip and try to smell that. Uh, so I, I think that stuff works. Now, the sensationalism of it and the fact that this all started because uh, John uh, Roberts, Robert, who John is? Edwards. John Edwards. Edward. Not the disgraced Senator Edwards. It's plural. You know, because John is coming to town. Now, would I like to go to that? Yes. I would love to go to it because I want to see how it all, you know, works. I want to see the people and I want to see how he does it. I want to see if he's got an earpiece in. Of course, you're not going to be able to see that. Would you really thing. go? Yeah, I, I can get us some tickets. I would. All right, well, let's let's try to do that. Because I think that would just, I, I think the experience is neat, but I think we go for different reasons with our cynicism. I'm not going because I'm like, John's going to change a lot of lives tonight. No, but we can't go in. Here's the problem. We can't sit together because I'm going to find a lot of this to be hysteria. Sure. But there are people there. For real. And they value that. And, yeah. and if it gives you some sort of closure, mm -hmm. if it makes you feel better about the loved person, the loved one that you lost. And I'm not even saying that it's not real. I'm saying to me, yeah, it's not real. Right. Which too, maybe, too many things, right. same for me, point to it's, it, it's not. It, it can't be in this sort of environment, right? Because... It's the sensationalism of it, and I feel like that's not the way that lady's grandfather is going to contact her. By just sheer coincidence, John's able to talk to that lady's grandfather. Where's the, uh, what's the fellow that knocked off the, uh, took all that cash and then jumped in that airplane and then he jumped? J.D. Salinger? Right. Was that, was that him? Is that, is that something like that? 
It's not Salinger. It's something. J.D. Right? Salinger wrote uh, a... <laughs> I feel like it's something like that. J.D. Salinger wrote, I think, Catcher in the Rye. I think you're right. But it's something like that. <laughs> or Lord of the Flies or I'm one gonna, of those. I'm going to Google. J.D. Salinger. It's, it's, I feel like I'm not too far <laughs> off. And he was just never caught. It was like his fortune was never found. It's something with some initials, right? J- well, I'm just going to... Uh, Clarify the book that uh, Salinger wrote. It, it was Catcher in the Rye. I got it right. All right. The first well, time. probably not the guy who did that. No, but that guy. If you are a profiteer medium, why don't you go to next closest of kin, sit with them, do a reading, and when the spirit JD Salinger fellow appears to you, whatever his name was. Yeah. Man, I'm trying to figure out who that is. Hang on. I got you right here. What I, did you- I don't even know how we would look for that. I got you. Man who stole cash jumped from plane. D.B. Cooper. Okay, J.D. Salinger, D.B. <laughs> Cooper. Okay, so D.B. Cooper. Why don't you go to next closest of Ken, set with him. Yeah. He comes to you because that's how these mediums work. Mm-hmm. They see him for a brief moment and be like, bruh, where's the cash? Yeah. <laughs> It's on that island. They never do that. Yeah, that's true. But now we're getting into that weird thing where the the investigators bring the psychic in. The cops do that stuff a lot, man. Mm. But? Rarely do they solve the cases. I mean, it happens at times, but I think it's sometimes just people who are just trained to see things. And it's not like they're trained to see ghosts or uh, I've got a feeling. If, if I walked into a room and saw it and and was you know asked to go in and pay attention tell me what you see and i walk out it's like oh there's a red door and blah 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 blah. and then you were asked to go into that same room you might find and see different things than i saw if you're trained to see things a little bit different especially the cynic you look you look at things in a different way so even though these guys are detectives and their police officers are trained to look a certain way maybe they go in and they're able just to see things a little bit differently nothing supernatural about it just a little bit different i have a final thought okay like when john edward sees you bj and he's going to talk to uh, one of your deceased relatives yeah is the relative on the other side like in heaven, hanging out, you know, and they're doing whatever their thing is. Where and they're they? like, oh, damn it. I'm being summoned by John Edward. And then they're just like pulled off into the ether. I don't know. And the funny thing is, I don't know what a dead relative could tell me that would make me feel joy or any of that stuff. Like if some dude was like, hey, your grandmother said she's really proud of you. All right. Well, she told me that while she was alive. Well, that, but yeah. You don't have anybody close enough, I don't think. I see a lot of this. The stuff that they televise are always people that lost somebody unexpectedly, Mm -hmm. somebody that they didn't have closure with, maybe a relative that they had a falling out with and they were never able to repair it over something petty. Because that's fresh meat, man. You're right, but we're once again, we're going ultra cynic. But that's because what it is. But if it was like a wife or a husband or a brother or a sister, you know, then it's like that can give joy to people. And it can. And that's maybe worth the cost of admission. It is if you're looking for it. Now, we would say that it's not real, but it's that it's the placebo, right? It's you receive something that's truly not going to do anything for you technically, but mentally as far as you know, that placebo is working, and you feel better now, right? Yeah. It didn't change you chemically. That's proven. I mean, that's... But your brain did that. So, yes, it, so you could kind of look at it like almost like a public service. I would much rather find someone who's a legitimate mind reader and that me and my wife could go in, and the person's like, here's what your wife is thinking. Yes, please, sign me up for that one, because that, if, that, if that was real. If I had somebody that passed away, though that was really close to me like i don't want to hear the stuff that they're telling you because that they're, they're telling you the same thing every time too yeah and i feel like the mind reader they're going to lead you and guide you in the same exact way but i want a real one though i don't want that to be fake. well then you're talking about yes, discernment that like is, how do you that's and, and that, that's fantasy land i get that but i feel like there could be a real niche for that one what if we go to john edward and one of us gets called i think it would be amazing 
I, I think that would be. Well, you uh, listen. I don't want you to do the hypnotism thing. Let's oh, make no. a pact right no, now, or no. we shut that thing down. Yeah. No, I would. No, my grandmother's name wasn't Barbara. It was Atley, and yeah. you're way off. And I don't even know Barbara. <laughs> yeah. No, Barbara Bush. Oh, she is dead. What does Barbara Bush have to say to me? <laughs> oh my goodness, that is amazing. I need to call H W now. <laughs> yes, right. Because uh, he's about to go. Uh, I don't have. I guess I have generic names in my life. My grandfather was a Dan. Or a Daniel. I feel like that's a common one. My grandmother's name was Mildred. There's no way anyone's ever pulling that one out. Dude, mine's Atley. That's a real name. A-T-L-E-A. Atley. John Edward ain't getting that. Well, now he can't. Now if he does it, the pod's out. Yes. And so now it doesn't count. Yeah. Get to read somebody else, bro. (laughs) They would figure that out. Yeah, so the pack would be, if we got called on, then we would be truthful in everything. But... It could be that maybe he's so good that he would be able to say, is there a such and such? Because do they do anybody who's alive? No. It's never anyone alive. Well, then that would make him a medium. That'd make him something else. Well, I don't, I just, I didn't know if it was like, you know, I'm getting a sense that you have a sister, right? I do. Oh, no, they do that. Okay. But my sister's not dead. Right. Yeah, they'll do that. They go do that with me. You know, yeah. you have a brother, you have a sister. Yeah, I got both, yeah. and they're still with us. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah. Well, uh, your grandmother <laughs> says that your connection could be stronger. Call them today. You know, it would be cool to get a reading that was like mind blowing. I know. I, I so though we are cynical, I'm totally open to it. I would totally embrace it if it happened. Like if a ghost showed up right now. I'm all about that, as long as it doesn't try to uh, rape or kill me. I feel like that's that's a good experience. I'm open to that. A psychic, open to it. If it's if it's if it can be believable enough that I'm, like that it can cut through the lines and the layers of the cynicism. Every every little truth that comes out and the in the the onion gets peeled back of cynicism. The next thing you know, you're just left with this. You're awesome, exposed. Yeah. Then I'm like, okay. You're vulnerable. Then. But I feel like it just can't happen. Me too. It's the mind shield that a psychic once told me I had. It's yeah. not a mind shield at all. It's ultimately a giant level of cynicism. <laughs> but right. I, but I should say that uh, you know due to the nature of my character, just how I was born and the way that I think and the way that I speak, there's very little that only I know. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I'm pretty free with, like, if something happens to me, I talk about it. I'm yeah. pretty expressive with that stuff. Yeah. Like, for you to tell me something that only I know, that's like a deep thing that only I, me and, and uh, you know, maybe one other person know about, yeah. that doesn't exist with me. Yeah. Which also, it's another level of, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. Because So what you're saying is you have put everything out there there's so little information that only you know. Right. That it would be hard for them to tell you something that someone else already doesn't know. Right, like the good and the bad. Like, I, it's all out there. Yeah, I'd have to think back on mine. I mean, like, I, I think it's it's uh, just a trait of doing... I mean, I've done radio for over 20 years. You've done it for a long time as well. When you're in morning show situations and in those things, like, you tell all these stories. Right. And sometimes you might embellish or some of those, but, like, I don't know if I've... I've uh, you know mentioned all kinds of things in a radio setting that I wouldn't just go tell a group of friends. Yeah, you agreed. Heck, we talked on this podcast about uh, watching the crow. Go back a few episodes and, and you'll and you'll see what that's all about. Doing the crow. Yeah, watching the crow. Of which course. is which is, uh, which is how I may have uh, been with a lady for the first time watching well, that movie. The thing about the guy that told me not to play the guitar. Yeah. Now I said I've only told that story four or five times. It's not because I'm keeping it in. Mm-hmm. That story never comes up. Right. There's no reason for me to go around telling that story. Every time I've told it, it's been in a scenario much like this one, where we're talking about, well, it shit's weird. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that sort of scenario. Yeah, I wish you would have got that guy's name. That would um, or if he just popped out a card. That's the part that makes it so crazy. It, and I know this is gonna sound absurd that never occurred to me dude it was so mind-blowing yeah that it was like the one time in my life where i've just been left like dumbfounded like i couldn't i couldn't reason if that makes sense yeah and i don't know if anyone else would have been able to have like the wherewithal to even do any of that stuff because like that would like just hearing you tell that 
I'm like, oh, I get the little goosebumps yeah. too, and like, like, oh wow, like the heart even starts to like feel that little flutter as well. I don't know who had been like, hey, what's your name? Can I, you know, maybe so. We had a talk, um, you know, just a personal conversation a couple of days ago uh, about the guitars. That's what I use as a as therapy. That's like, your outlet, yeah. If I'm trying to decompress at the end of the day or something like that, that's sort of my go-to thing. Always has been. I carry a guitar everywhere. There's one in my car right now. It's mm-hmm. a guitar in a case in my car right now. Um, it's almost like a security blanket or yeah. something. Always have it. Now, that guy never told me I was going to say, what you don't know is that guy <laughs> broke into your car, saw the, on the, the case it says Adam, and then uh, like, don't ever... Adam, don't ever stop playing guitar. But he told. Don't forget, lock your doors. But I will tell you, there have been times in my life, right after college, especially, and then another time in my life just before I moved here, where I was going through like not really like dark times, but I was confused about what's the next step in life. Your path. Yeah, and each one of those times have coincided with me not playing the guitar. Mm -hmm. Eight months, a year. I won't touch it. They'll be in cases. I'll put them in the closet. It's been a long time since that's happened. Yeah. But those are the times when I think about that guy. He never told me that I was going to be in a band. Right. He never told me that I was going to be on stage and that that was going to be, uh, you know, the way that I was going to support myself financially. Mm-hmm. He just told me to never put it down. And I will tell you that I'm a happier human being when I am playing the instrument. Yeah. Which is, you know pretty remarkable wouldn't it be astonishing if we could go back to that moment we see him get into his minivan he cranks it up turns the corner starts to drive off down the street and then the van just disappears just kind of fades out and he was wearing an uh, oakland a's hat and it really was highway to heaven <laughs> it really was it was a bl- uh, black michael landon that had come down to make sure that you're happy for the rest of your life yeah but that was a, the you know that's the closest i've ever been to something like that i have some after death stories too that are pretty interesting. I don't know if anybody in your family's ever died and then weird stuff has happened afterwards. No, we. I've, I have some of those too, like some old Southern weird stuff, man. And I, I mean, I've always kind of wanted those things to happen, you know, just to have those. But you know, nothing's ever really, never, never really happened to me. You've been inside that little haunted house, though. I have, and while you're in there, you get why, like, you feel like, oh, I could totally understand why this would happen, and I believe it when you're in there, especially when you're in it and she's telling the stories. Like, you feel it, and I wanted to spend the night there. One, again, I'm trying to hook up with my cousin's friend, uh, but two, I wanted to see if it would happen. Like, I like, come on, ghosties. We're drawn to that. We as people, or you and I? No, 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 we as people, yeah. we're drawn to that. It's the unknown. It's the whole point of this entire conversation. It's yeah. so fascinating because there is just no... It's like that black hole picture. The one that looks like the cover of Super Unknown from Soundgarden? <laughs> yeah, yep. and that thing's circulating, and it's all around. And everybody's like, finally, a picture of a black hole. I didn't do a lot of research on that thing, but it's a rendition of what we believe a black hole might look like from some... I mean, it's not even a picture. Yeah. Are people aware of that? Yeah. That's not a photograph. You know, they don't have a camera with a lens yeah. that's aimed at that thing. It's uh, because you cannot see a black hole with the human eye. Right. So what they had to do is interpret how the light would bend around, at least from what I read up on it, how, how it would bend around it to what that would look like. And they had to do some algorithms. This one chick, uh, she's been doing this project for three years, took over 200 scientists to be able to make this happen over the course of three years. Once again, artist rendition, mm-hmm. for the most part. I mean, scientist rendition, still artist rendition, because you've given us something to look at. So it's so it, is it because like I haven't I've seen the pictures. So that is that's an interpretation of it, or it really that's that's them pointing a telescope at it. No, and capturing. No, that's a rendition of all these measurements that they have. Oh, okay. Now that picture is circulating all over mm-hmm. social media. It yeah. was the hottest thing for three days, which is about as long as you can last in today's news cycle. Yeah, heck, it, a day longer. Right. If you're around for two or three days, you've made it. You know why? We know nothing about that stuff. It's ultra fascinating. Yeah. The unknown is always the most fascinating. Yeah, the part I like about that the most, there's a petition going around now for them to name the black hole after uh, Chris Cornell. Really? Yeah. 
And I, I would I would love that they would do that, but the scientists are never cool enough to do that. It'll be like Ajax 9749Q. <laughs> what would you call it in the Cornell Tribute? Because I have the name right here. I know what I would call it. I just would have called it the Cornell Black Hole. You know, just, just to really, really kind of put it on the nose. You know what I call it? Black Hole Sun? Nope. Outshined? That's Spoon Man. <laughs> That's the Spoon Man Black Hole? <laughs> what do you, I don't even call it the Spoon Man Black Hole. I just say Spoon... Have you seen Spoon Man? Boom. Black hole. Ultimate tribute. That would be pretty good. All right. You know what? I feel like we shouldn't do a Power Five today because I have enjoyed our conversation so much. I don't know what we would transition to. Uh, so uh, no Power Five today. Fair enough. We're just, uh, we started talking about, uh, before we started the podcast today, about the fact that John Edward was coming to town and just the psychics and things like that and really intrigued us. And so it's a little bit of a different cast, more so than normal. Uh, but these, if you could hang out with Adam and I every day, you will see that our conversations go from... You know, how the coolest Batman insignia to what would you name the black hole to everything in between? I'll tell you what. On the last pod, we talked about how I picked up $264 worth of comic books. That's right. I got into reading last night. Okay. So let's come back with some comic stuff the next time yep. around. On the next podcast, uh, don't forget to tell someone to listen, uh, subscribe, like us, because the more stars you give us, the more it pushes us towards the top, or at least that's what the smart people who know how to do the internet stuff tell us. Uh, get us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Pod, wherever you're listening so you have found us. Uh, share it and make sure they uh, find us too. Until next time.